For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. <laughs> Right guys, welcome to the Coaches Conversations with Pete and Yes. My name is Yes, I'm a UA for A licensed coach and coach developer. Hi, I'm Peter, I am a coach developer and also an A-licensed coach. Awesome. And this week's conversation is in partnership with St. Mary's University and a Masters in Performance Football Coaching. And over the next few weeks, we'll be looking at a range of different conversations and just offering our insights and observations around different topics. So Pete, today's topic, where do I start with my session planning? Yeah, so um, when we're talking about session planning, um, people want to go straight in and say, oh, I'm going to plan this session and I'm going to do this. Uh, so I'm going to do a two versus two or a three versus three. I'm going to do a, a full game or I'm going to do a passing session or whatever it is. But your first thing that you've got to understand is, first of all, you have to understand your players. Because that's really, really important. Because you might set something up for your players that either it's either too easy for them or it's too hard for them. So you've got to be able to deal with that. The second thing is what you've got to think about. You've got to check yourself. Well, what's my knowledge of the subject? Where am I getting my information from? What am I, uh, where, are, where am I in my journey? So have I just finished playing? Um, uh, have I played for a long time? Um, have I never played before? Um, am I just really a real football enthusiast but I want to get into coaching? All those things you've got, kind of got to take into account when you're starting your, your, your coaching journey, when you're starting with your planning. Because it's not just as easy as going, I'm going to put this amount of people onto the pitch and do this, this and this. Because you have to understand also, what are you going after? Are you, are you working in possession? Are you working out of possession? Are you working within the principles of play? Those are very, very important. You know, how do you use the step principle, which you know, we can talk about a bit later, but 
all these things, you, there's a myriad of things that you've got, kind of got to talk, think about before you even put your piece of um, uh, pen on your, on your piece of paper or on your iPad or whatever it is you're going to be using. Yeah. I think there's a lot of considerations there, but you know, if the coach is now looking at this thinking, yeah, you know, that's all well and good, I understand that, you know, I've got, I've got to know my players, um, understand what's too hard, what's not, what's not too hard for them. You know, it's, it's a concept that I like to look at as, you know, can you find the flow of your players? Can you find the flow of your practice to the point where it's not too stretching, it's not too under-challenging under to the point where they'll get bored, but not too stretching where they think, actually, I can't do this, I'm disinterested now. So it's sort of finding that right balance, right? But it's, I think one of the challenges that a lot of coaches are going to have is how do we find the right type of sessions that engage and cater for everyone within it? Because obviously when you've got you know, different abilities, different needs, different wants for the players within it, but also a different understanding and appreciation for the type of practice that the players are actually involved in and what that means for their development. So, I mean, from that perspective, where, where, where do you start? Like, you start with a theme in mind, you start with looking at the, the individual needs and, you know, you talk there about the step principle and maybe you can delve a little bit deeper into that in terms of what that actually looks like and how that then plays a part in this process. But also, you know, you mentioned there about the individual as the coach, where, what are their experiences, what, what does that look like and how does that then inform and maybe influence what the practice ends up looking like as a result of, you know, in many cases, someone as a coach, especially starting out their journey, probably delivering sessions in a way that maybe they were participating in as players mm -hmm. or have been working alongside someone else as a coach and just now, actually, that, that's what coaching looks like, so I'm just going to copy that when I go into my environment. But obviously, as time goes on, we recognise that does change. So, you know, where, where do we start with that? I think it's, it, it, as you said, it's very multifaceted. So first of all, what age are your players? That's the first thing. Mm. Okay. So what a session looks like to an eight-year-old will look totally different to an eighteen-year-old. So having that understanding of the of the players now at eight years old, probably you just want to make the session fun, because you might just want the kids to come back next week. Mm. So that might be where you where you're starting from. What kind of session can I do? Might it, might it just be some sort of game that has a uh, it's footholds in, in in football, mm. but it might not be a, a football type game. It might be like a a, a catching game or a, or a tag game or or something like that. So we might start there, but then you've got the other thing, haven't you? As you said, you, you talked about varying different abilities. Well, you as a coach, you have to start to look at well, is everybody engaged? Is everybody having fun? Are there lots of smiles? And if there are, then great, you're doing a great job. But also the, the big thing is, is there some learning going on? Because if there's no learning going on and they're just sort of like running around like crazy people, you know, throwing themselves on the ground, um, there may not be no, any learning. So you have to check for the learning because that's really, really important. Because you want them to be able to leave the session knowing something they didn't know at the start of the session. You know, whether that's about how you move, how you avoid somebody, mm. how you make sure you don't fall over. That's if you took to and that's only talking and that's only talking with very young players. Yeah. If you take that on to older players now, yes, it doesn't mean to say that you are doing a session and it's not gonna be fun. Because fun is still part of that. Because people come to football because they want to enjoy themselves. Yeah. I I think that's a great point, but I think there's also that consideration for coaches to think about actually does the session always have to be fun? Is there times where it's not going to be fun because of maybe what you're particularly working on? Say, so, you know, I can give you an example. You know, you're a defender, I'm a forward as an example, but the practice that we're doing is, is much more focused on my needs. 
Yeah, but doesn't mean to say that you. you yeah. No, and, and I, I get that, but then there are arguments that, you know, well, this isn't fun, so I'm not engaging with it. Yeah, but it, it, it might not be fun for you, but then it's how, how do coaches then get the players to appreciate, understand the value that that practice mm. then has for them, although they might not necessarily see the enjoyment factor from the get go, if that makes sense. Yeah, but what is fun? Right. It's individualised, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. It might be that I find it's fun if I'm, if I'm learning technically. Yeah, I mean. Tactically. But then that's a, that's a perception based on experience. I think one of the things that I've, I've learned over the years, um, and it's interesting, you talk there about age, ages and stages, and mm. I, a lot of my experiences are kind of with that 14 to kind of 21 sort of age range. And mm. I used to think that what I'm about to share now was probably quite relevant and specific mm. to them, but I was only just based on my experiences. And then as time's gone on, I've, I've now experimented the same approaches with different age groups. I understood, actually, this is just any player. Mm. And it was fun, fundamentally as well, how do I keep you engaging? Well, it's got to be competitive. Mm. It's got to be an element of competition. Mm. Um, and the easiest way to get that for me was bring transition into my mm. practice. But transition in a way where um, there's a meaningful outcome to it. Mm. So it's not just transition, we win the ball and then we change over. No, it's mm. actually we win the ball and actually there's a, there's a further goal beyond mm. it. How, it's, you know, it's, if you like, it's like levels of a game. Mm. You know, you've, the first level was winning the ball back or mm. or not. Second level is now, right, what do I do with it once I get it? Mm. Am I playing a pass or do we end up with a finishing of, of a goal or whatever that? And then incentives within that. So it's having that competitive edge, having the incentives in there and the transition piece. And again, I used to think that was quite specific and relevant to just the older mm. age groups of where most of my experience was. But as time's gone on and I've worked with different age groups and learned actually these are three key things that mm. I include in all of my sessions. Mm. It's got to have incentives mm. in terms of competition, in terms of potentially point mm. systems. Um, it's got to have transition. Mm. And that in itself keeps it engaging. Mm. Because how many times have we seen sessions where maybe it's attack versus defence or some sort of practice where oh, the defenders win it, practice is dead. Mm. Or attackers have won it, practice is dead. Mm. All of a sudden, you know, it's going to take maybe two, three reps before some of the players are just checking out. Mm. Yeah, that's right. I mean, because it's... What's in it for the players? The players have, is, there's got to be something in it for the players. So if I'm doing a, uh, say for example, some sort of uh, 4v2 practice, what's in it for the two? Mm. Why are they going to work like really hard if there's nothing in it for them? So it might be that you might, uh, the four are trying to keep possession and you might have two little mini goals. You see if the two win it, they can score in the mini goals. Because if they were to win the ball in the game, they would have to do something with it. Mm. And it might be that they might pass it to a player. You might put the, the goals in different areas of the pitch. Mm. And then you have to go and find a way of getting the ball into those. And I did something like this last night with some players where I had um, two goals with the team that were attacking or had possession of the ball and two goals with the team that were defending. Mm. I had an offset. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. 
Kroger.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So they went high in, in, in the press. They were able to score, and if they were, uh, were low in the press, right. again, they, they, they could they, they could score as well. So there was something in it for them. But also, the other thing is a, it's about time. How much time do you leave them in there for? Yeah. Because you can't kind of leave people doing that defending piece for ever and ever and ever because yeah. they'll run out. Of that's where the incentive comes, right? Because yeah. it's that piece. You know, I, I, I often work with kind of a principle of you know, I work in kind of sets and reps of work rather than you know six minutes seven minutes mm. just let you play no you're going to do this 90 seconds i like to a lot of the mm. practice i like to work with really high intensity so based on that being the case is if i give you an incentive and typically whether you're a defender or attacker you more want to be spending time on the ball than off in mm. so then i use that to my advantage where i say right well if you're the defenders in this practice in order for you to get out mm. you've got to do xyz and if you can do xyz and you might have a 90 second a lot of time, but if you can do X, Y, C sooner than that, well, you can come out. But you said that you like your sessions to be high intensity. Yeah. But do they have to be at high intensity? No, but I think my experience has shown me that if I can get them working at high intensity to start with and appreciate that piece, that for me is like the first first step or first rung on the ladder for, towards them developing, if, if you like. Um, I think if they can pick up, pick up the intensity of what they're doing and then we can use it almost probably the easiest way to describe this is you know it's like you're, you're like making a pot of clay mm. right you start with that mm. you build it up you've got the you've got the foundation there if it's, the intensity is high and now I'm now polishing the finer mm. edges around it whereas I feel like if I start with polishing the finer edges before I've actually built up the level mm. of intensity it's probably changing fundamentally the techniques and the application possibly the thought processes that go into that aspect of things that once they get there. Yeah, I, but, but I, you know, I, I see it this way, is that um, technique drives intensity. Yeah. So if your players have got poor technique, mm. you won't get intensity. So you have to kind of think about that as well. So you might be working towards intensity mm. as opposed to saying, well, if I start with intensity, what happens if the, Because that's where your frustration will come in, I think, mm. is that because the players may not be technically good enough, it breaks down a lot. Yeah. So the intensity drops. Because you're looking for intensity, you go, come on, I want more intensity, I want more intensity. Yeah. The players get more yeah. tense. I, I, I get that. I think, I think what I would say to that is that, you know, on my experience is that actually, with the intensity being raised as the first mm-hmm. kind of point of call, if they are struggling with the technical aspect of it and they're actually applying techniques within the mm-hmm. level of intensity, it's that 
I feel like from my experience, I've probably got bigger buying credibility from the market. Well, now help me with my technique. How does it mm. develop within this intensity? Because if this is the intensity I'm expected to work, mm. I want to perform at that level, mm. not get the yeah. technique right at a lower, at lower intensity. And it's no right or wrong mm. fundamentally, but it's just looking at, well, well, if that's the intensity, then what's the level of technique I need to get mm. to that? And then looking at and assessing players on, it's not what you're able to do necessarily, but mm. it's what your application is, 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 is pushing you towards. So how much, how, how aware are you of what the fundamental factors are around how you're going to get the success? And how obviously the, the progression and development aspect of it is how consistent can you be in applying those things? Yeah, um, I can see that. I think I still think that this is the idea of of that technical piece is really important. Mm. That piece around, you know, um, might like if you're going to pass the ball to me, say for example, you're going to need half a park. But if you're going to pass the ball to, say, a Lionel Messi, he needs about three or four inches yeah. because his relationship with space is so good. Mm. So I think when we start to uh, we go back to our, our original pictures around the planning of our session, the thing is we've got to, we've really got to focus on this idea of well, what, are, what are our players' capabilities. Because if we understand that, we can now start to design our practices. So when we talked earlier about step, so if I want players to be comfortable on the ball in certain areas of the pitch. To start off with in the practice, I make, make those areas a bit bigger for those players. Mm. So it's harder to press them yeah. initially. And then as the game goes on, I might reduce uh, the, the, those, um, uh, the size of that area. Or what I might do is the other thing is when we talk about steps, so we talk about the space and then, you know, the, the task, the task might be to, to try and get the ball and play out. Um, it's kind of the equipment that we use, obviously, you know, it would not tend to use cones or, or flat spots, but but the people piece there could be important because I might say, right, when you receive the ball, one player from the, the, another zone is allowed to press you. But if I want to drive intensity now, I might say, right, two people can go and press you. So it might be two, it might be a two versus one in there, and it becomes a two versus two, and that drives your intensity because you know you're going to get pressed. Mm. You're going to have to make a decision. Mm. Do I keep it? Do I run with it? Do I pass it back backwards? Whatever. Do I, do I just smash it out of the ground? Whatever, whatever decision I make will be dependent on how I set that up with the step principles, say for example. Mm. How I set that up with the knowledge of my players. So quite often we see um, uh, younger players being asked to play in certain ways, so pack the back or whatever it is, well, okay, if you're going to play out, so why don't you dribble it out? Mm. Run with it. Don't try and pass it. Try if you can, if you can beat someone. The coach will, will go, oh my God, why do they lose it? If they're eight, it doesn't matter. They won't remember that game in, in two years' time. But what we're trying to do is trying to build something. Mm. So again, we go back to us, to our, where do we start our, 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 our coaching from? Well, where am I? In, 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 what, what do I know? What, am I, what is my philosophy? What's, what, what do I dearly believe in? Um, around um, uh, player development, right? Am I am I risk averse? So I might be a coach. I'm, I don't want you taking risks. Mm. But if I'm not risk averse, then all of a sudden I'm going to ask players to do things that they may not be uncomfortable with. Mm. But if they're young, they won't be uncomfortable with it because it's what they're used to. Because that's yeah. like their first introduction to football. Yeah. So it's also those... setting that that is the expectation, the standard they're working with. Exactly, mm. and that's really really important. I think is that you know. 
uh, you know, I'm talking about younger players here now, mm. but what does that look like when they get to 10, to 12, to 15, to 18? Now you may not, you may have them at eight, but you may not have them at 18. Mm. So again, that's another piece there. But what am I going to give them as eight if I know I'm not going to keep them? Yeah. So I just finished with a, a, an under, um, under 16 team recently. Now, one of the things I was working towards was the fact that I know that I'm not going to have those players after under 16. Sure. They're going to be going into under 17, under 18 football. Yeah. But what are they going to look like when they go to someone else? When somebody else goes and says, oh yeah, I want that player to play my under 18s or, or whatever. Yeah. And if they don't have those basic skills, because that's the things that they're going to go, they can, they can pass it, can they run with it, can they dribble, can they shoot? If those things aren't in place, people will go, well, where did this person come from? Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, that, it's that kind of thing. It's, it's understanding where's, what's, what's our part yeah. in their journey. Yeah. Where are they? Yeah, 100%. I think it's also really important to identify and understand within that, though, is, is the bit that we have to offer as coaches something they don't actually need right now? Maybe. Because, you know, and I, say, and I, think, and I just say that to really kind of challenge you know, coaches to think about, well, how much value am I adding? Where am I adding value? Mm-hmm. And what are the gaps that this player needs that I haven't been able to fill? Mm-hmm. And you know, set yourself a challenge around how, how do I go away and get some of the experience, that knowledge that's going to help me plug those gaps. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, you know, let's, let's just summarize it in piece. You know, where to start my session? But what's some key considerations you want people to think about? So, where am I in my journey? Okay. What do I what do I want to achieve with the players um, at this at their age and stage? How do I use things like the step principle and also the principles of play? Awesome, awesome. Well, there you have it, guys. Um, the coach's conversation with Pete and Yas. Uh, this week, we were discussing where to start your session plans. Um, next week, we'll be looking at part two and delving a little bit further around observation skills and how to develop those further too. Thanks, Pete. Good, Yas. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.